the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey everyone, this is Johnny and welcome to episode 144 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here with Pele Bo. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so Pele is from Denmark. And how did how did we meet? You want to tell that story? Well, um, it was uh, when I was starting my uh, planning of, of of my new life as a digital nomad. I was uh, looking for for different podcasts and uh, and uh, came across Travel Like a Boss podcast and uh, listened to that a lot. And uh, actually, it's it was a huge inspiration for me and and one of the reasons uh, that I'm here in Chiang Mai now. So. Pele has a really interesting story because you're not like the typical digital nomad. You're, how, how old are you? I'm I'm 52. 52 years old, and you have a, a successful company back in Denmark. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a radio guru. It's a radio uh, consulting company, and you guys are make have won a lot of awards as for commercial spots and kind of. Can you tell us a little bit about your actual company? Yeah, I I I've, I've been in radio for. 32 years and uh, I started this company actually to the day 10 years ago so it's uh, it's my anniversary right now and I produce radio commercials and uh, I consult radio stations and advertising agencies I speak at radio conventions and uh, do workshop on on the radio stations uh, around the world but but most of all uh, my main source of income is producing radio commercials and uh, sound for TV and online videos and stuff like that, but mainly radio commercials. And now you have this crazy idea where you want to travel around the world for the next two to four years? Uh, uh, Five years. uh, Well, it's kind of open-ended. It's my plan to visit every country in the world, but uh, and that's that's something I can't do in in five years, but I'll do a good bunch of countries the next five years uh, and... uh, who knows? Maybe I'll just keep on traveling. And what made you decide to do this? Well, in fact, it was because I've been living in the in the same uh, small part of, of of Denmark all my life, uh, and uh, and I thought when my kids uh, grow up and move out of the house, there's nothing tying me to to Denmark. Uh, I'm in between wives, <laughs> so uh, there's there's nothing really tying me to Denmark. So I I was playing with the idea of maybe moving uh, to uh, to Cape Town. Uh, they have a, a very very good radio scene there, and it could be inspirational. So I went there for a couple of months in uh, 2013 and discovered that my clients they didn't really care where I was. I rarely meet them. We communicate and, uh, on the phone and uh, on, on email, and uh, it's not necessary for me to meet them face-to-face. So that's when I realized, I, well, why not just travel to any other place? So I, that's when this, the whole idea started developing to, to travel the world. And then I sold my house and my car and my furniture and uh, all my stuff, except my vinyls there in storage. <laughs> That is actually really interesting, and I wonder how many other people in your generation or your age are going to discover that soon, because more and more, everything that we do is online, Yeah, and it doesn't really necessarily matter if you are in this, even, I guess it helps if you're in the same time zone, um, but 
nowadays because so many things are done through distributed teams or outsourced anyways, or everything's done through Dropbox or email. It, I, I, I think there's very few jobs that will never be able to be location dependent. Exactly, exactly, and uh, that that's one of the reasons I I do my my travel podcast is uh, is to hopefully inspire uh, other people around the world in my age or any age really that that it's possible to to do this. And uh, the funny thing, Johnny, a lot of people they ask me how in the world do you fund this? How how can you afford this? Did you win the lottery or? Living here in 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 Southeast Asia uh, is so much cheaper, and I can still uh, have my income. And uh, being a, a constant traveler, I go from paying the highest tax in the world, uh, which we have in Denmark, and uh, to to zero percent tax. So that's that's amazing. I think a lot of people are jealous that Americans have, uh, let's say, the credit card reward points that a lot of the companies. Uh, countries won't have or will have certain types of tax breaks because and i think it's because we talk about it so much we make it sound like this amazing thing but there are so many countries that have pretty much a zero percent tax if you're out of the country for even six months of the year Mm -hmm. while in the u.s we have to be out of the country for 11 months oh and there has to be a bunch of other stipulations as well Mm -hmm. in fact i can i can be in denmark um, six month uh Combined in uh, uh, over a year, uh, but forty-two days uh, in 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 one stretch. So, which means if you wanted to, every other month you can go back to Denmark yeah. for a whole month. Yeah. You can see friends, you can see family, yeah. you can go to festivals or go to weddings or whatever you want to go to. <laughs> I think for me, because I know I only have thirty-five days in the U.S., and if I'm going to go all the way back to the U.S. because it's not really close to anything else. It's going to be one trip or maybe two with the max. Yeah. Versus if I was already in Europe or something, I can pop back into Denmark, you know, whenever I feel like it for a friend's having a birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll come to Denmark or mm-hmm. someone's, you know, um, having a wedding. Yeah, I'll come for a few days or even if there's an event, I'll, I'll come. Mm-hmm. But if for US, it's really like I have to plan it out. Like I have, if it's a wedding, I have to say, how close am I to this person? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was your cost of living back in Denmark, and what is it now that you're traveling? I spend less money now uh, than because I had a house uh, and, a, and a mortgage, and you know when you when you have a house, you, it's pretty cold in Denmark. We need I, I spend a lot of money on on heating the house and and then electricity, water, cable, and and when you have a house, you buy all kinds of stuff that you don't really need. Uh, so. I spent less money living this type of life, even though I uh, spend a lot on, on, on airplanes and uh, accommodation, but uh, it's it's less than uh, what I used to spend in Denmark. It's actually a really good point you bring up because it's not that I spend less money on... There's, there's a lot of things I spend way more money on now. For example, airplanes, hotel rooms, and you know, even adventures. I, I think back yeah. in the US, yeah. I just didn't have as much time to do cool stuff. But... What I'm not spending money on is ordering useless crap online exactly. every other day. Uh, just because you get two-day shipping on Amazon doesn't mean I need it. Uh, I don't end up buying tons of clothes or tons of furniture or th- you know just things to clutter and collect dust. No, no, exactly. I think just in my kitchen alone back when I lived in LA, I had thousands of dollars worth of appliances. Oh, yeah. And you never use it. No, <laughs> no exactly. And I love kitchen appliances, uh, but... 
I haven't thought of it. Uh, I don't. I don't miss all that stuff now. One thing that is actually interesting is I have never bought a flat screen TV because when I started traveling in 2008, they had really just started coming down in price. Uh-huh. I think before that they were like ten thousand dollars or something, yeah, and you would never yeah. buy it. But around that time, they started being more affordable. Maybe let's say three thousand or five thousand, and people start buying it. Yeah. And then a few years later, they buy a new one. They buy a new one. So I've always had flat screen TVs because wherever I live, whether it's a condo or Airbnb, like I have one right besides me now, but I've never had to buy it because it's just included with the place. And what's the best about it is when I really think about it in the last eight years, I probably would have went through three or four of those (laughs) in just TVs because Mm -hmm. you're replacing it every few years. Exactly. And just that would have been Mm $8,000. And I wonder how many other things like that have I not bought because I've been away. Yeah. And then having having a house, it it also. Uh, I had a garden as well, and I uh, I would like a new lawnmower or uh, some some stuff for that as well. And uh, yeah, spend a lot of money on 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 different stuff. And I'd I'd rather spend money on adventure and uh, collecting memories. But do you ever miss some of the comforts? I feel like, especially as I get older, the more I value a comfortable couch or you know, more space or just more comfort in general? Um, I, I don't really miss anything yet. I was, I was thinking before I left, oh, is it going to be a few months in and I really miss having my own couch and my own uh, home base? Uh, am I going to feel rootless uh, uh, living this way? But uh, it hasn't come to that point yet. And also, once uh, every six months, I take a longer stop. And this is my first one uh, uh, where I'm staying a whole month uh, here in, in, in Chiang Mai. So where have you been so far? When did you start this adventure? I started exactly six months ago, uh, the 6th of July, uh, in doing 11 countries in Eastern Europe. Even though I am from Europe, I've been all over Western Europe so many times, more times than I can count. Uh, and But I've never, for some reason, been drawn to visiting Eastern Europe. Uh, so I started in uh, Estonia, uh, Latvia, Lithuania, then Kiev, Moldova, which was an interesting place. Uh, I, I was also in Moldova. Oh, uh, yeah. And what, went do you, to, what do you mean by interesting? Well, it, it, because it's so different and 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 the poorest country in 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 Europe by far uh, and and the whole thing about uh, I also went to Transnistria uh, and uh, which is totally different uh, and not a country in itself uh, not a UN recognized country I never heard of it what is it Transnistria in fact it's a part of Moldova um Officially, but they have their own border control and they are their own currency, and they really like to be a part of the uh, of Russia. Uh, they they had bus commercials saying our future is with Russia, and it's it's a very very different place. Uh, but uh, both in Transnistria and in in Moldova, I met the nicest people. They were really interested in in, in talk, coming up and talking to me even though they didn't speak any english it's probably because they never see travelers no. even when i was in Moldova, i don't think we saw a single other no. traveler and that's the only country i've ever been to yeah. where we can walk around for the entire day and yeah. you see no tourists zero tourists exactly exactly and i and i i lived in uh, three different places first i had an airbnb for a couple of days then i spent one night at the a luxury boutique hotel 
And then I spent uh, three days with uh, uh, doing couch surfing uh, with a local guy who was unemployed and uh, was really uh, saving money. But even though he opened his door totally for free for me, uh, and uh, I that that w that part was the most interesting because it was authentic, and uh, I got to meet and and see how the locals live. Yeah, I think that is really interesting. I think that is one thing that I've not done enough of is couch surf. Especially in countries like that, yeah. where honestly, I mean, I think it would be interesting to couch surf in somewhere in, like, let's say, in Thailand. But I also feel like it's so easy to travel here and meet people, anyways. It's not that needed. No. But if I was somewhere like Moldova, where it's literally impossible to meet anyone <laughs> because mm -hmm. there's no there's no community there, as in like expat community or no nomad community. Uh, you're probably not going to bump into other tourists. You're probably, you know, it's, there's a language barrier. Mm. So, couchsurfing actually would be a really good place to meet people. Exactly, exactly. And I, I, I've only done it a few times on this uh, this trip, but I definitely want to do it some more. Uh, I really do. Yeah. And then from Moldova, I went to Romania uh, to a, a small place called Brasso, which is has the most amazing scenery. I, I think I've been there. Is that? The Transylvania region? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They have this Hollywood sign on the hills saying Brasso. <laughs> yeah, <I see> that. <laughs> really ironic. Uh, and I went, I, I rented a car and went driving in the, in, in the, in the mountains. Uh, there was a, an episode of Top Gear where they were driving in, in this area and it was, it was so stunning. Amazing place. I'm very impressed that you found it because me and my buddy Sam Marks, who I was traveling with, that was on his bucket list yeah. where we went to Transylvania. We spent a few nights, um, around that area and we, he wanted to drive on that road yeah. and he just started driving west and driving west and driving west and we realized and it, it's far yeah ex yeah and i uh, i didn't get make it all the way to the road i must admit uh because uh, i thought it's 200 kilometers oh i can do that but it's it's in very <laughs> mountain roads and yeah. it takes forever it's and you drive windy. slow and, so when i was yeah. halfway there i did the math and thought I will be there at 10 o'clock tonight, and then I need to drive all the way back. But the way out there was stunning. It's, it's so beautiful. So I, now so I'm I thinking... the Brand Castle, the, the Dracula yeah. Pan Castle, and uh, yeah. So I'm wondering if it was so beautiful on the way there, I wonder if it's just going to be more of the same of that, or if it's is it going to be even more exceptional once we get there? I think, I think the road was uh, was better. Okay. Uh, I think it, because they were driving uh, these fast cars, and uh, it was a beautiful road and, and more wide and a good road. Uh, so I think it was just a little bit of that. Where I was driving, all of a sudden, the cows and horses were on the road. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That's very normal. But I don't know if you saw them, but there was ladies selling raspberries on the side of the road. And it was, I think, something equivalent, maybe two dollars for a giant basket, for maybe a few pounds worth, like a, yeah. like a, like a kilo, over a kilo. Yeah. And they were the best raspberries I've had in my life. Yeah, yeah. And then from uh, from Brasso, I went to Sofia in Bulgaria, uh, and then to Macedonia, which is to Skopje uh, in Macedonia, which is uh, very, very special. It was one of the most interesting places I've I've been to. I, I haven't been there. What did you like about it? The, well, it was it was it was weird because there were so many statues and sculptures uh, all over Skopje, uh, and it, and I hundreds. It was it was ridiculous, and and they are uh, restoring the buildings, but only with a style from facade. 
Is, it, is that the word? Yeah. Uh, so, and, and the, it was built in old Roman and Greek style, which is not a part of Macedonian building style. So it was, it was sort of out of place. It, it looked old, but it was brand new. It was like walking around in Disneyland. Uh, and there was a rumor. I spoke to a critical journalist uh, there and, and he said, that there's a rumor. It was not confirmed that someone high ranking in the government, they spend all this money on, on, on these artworks. And pay the artist just a little bit and cash in the rest for this in themselves. And that's why they keep building new monuments and new statues. That was the rumor. It's not confirmed. but uh, I, I can definitely see that happening. Though. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame. I think every single country that I've been to that is lacking in, I would say, I don't know, maybe infrastructure or just happiness, mm. it's always because somebody in high places is, is skimming. Yeah. You know, I think there's enough money in the world to go around. I yeah. think there's enough food. I think there's enough clean water. I think there is too much greed from a very few people. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm very, very curious because I'm not in that situation and I don't know any of these people personally, but I'm very, very curious what drives these people to want to have even more money. Because I understand if you, you know, if you grew up in a very poor country and all of a sudden you have power. It's, I'm sure it's very nice to have money and power, mm -hmm. but wouldn't it be nicer to have money and power, but also have, be living in an amazing country where, you know, you can be proud of your country and mm -hmm. you know people are happy and you know there's good energy around you versus mm -hmm. just having a, you know, a lot more money, but in a, and still live in a shit country. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's really strange and, and, and weird and, uh, and I, I, I also, the, 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 the people of Macedonia, there are, the, some people, they did a, a colorful revolution where they were having small balloons with paint and then throwing it on the, the buildings and the, on the statues. And it was like vandalism, but it was, it was for, for some reason, I could see the point of it. Uh, there was no violence. There was all, always this, they call it the colorful revolution. So you see some of these monuments with, colorful dots on it and that's like a signal of uh, we don't want your statues or your beautiful buildings use the money to to improve the life quality of the, the citizens instead yeah I, I can see that because what's the point of having beautiful monuments if yeah. people don't have basic they, needs they started it in if, if seven years ago i think uh, as a part of they wanted to attract more tourists to to skopje uh, and it is beautiful, but it's just over the top with the many statues. It was interesting and weird at the same time, and uh, I, I liked it there. But it was it was weird. It, it was weird. I, I can almost imagine. Yeah. Uh, I remember driving by a house in LA that was like a little mini mansion, I guess, uh, and had it was all white, and he had a white Escalade in the front on big rims, and he had a white sports car in front. And what made it even more over the top was he had not only one statue of David, but he had 20 more <laughs> scattered on the lawn. And you would think Did that he have a lion in front of the, uh, the door. No, no. He just had 20 <laughs> statues of David and no room for anything else. It was it wasn't that big of a mansion. So can you imagine having 20 of the same statues just kind of like every one meter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that was Skopje. That was Skopje. Yeah. There was a small walking bridge uh, over the river. And uh, on each side of the bridge, there were like 20 or 30 statues. 
full-size uh, statues of uh, different people. Uh, and then it just continued and continued and continued. But at least it was different people. Imagine it was just the same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Imagine yeah. it was a replica yeah. of a statue of David. Yeah. But so, from there, I, I, I went north to uh, to Serbia uh, and, and got to meet the nicest people in Belgrade. I wasn't expecting anything from Belgrade. I ended up spending 10 days there. And uh, especially my Airbnb host, they took me in. And it was during the Olympics. So I went to their garden and we saw when they played the, the basketball finals against the U.S. Uh, and uh, when they won the gold medal in water polo. And uh, we were having a party. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun and uh, very, very interesting interesting and the serbs they know how to party uh, i can imagine yeah it is very interesting that you went to so many i want to call random countries yeah but be, that, before yeah. for me it was i was expecting the same but it was so different i thought budapest bucharest same same only a little bit different maybe but each country had their own unique uh thing i think because they're so close together they're all part of europe that mm-hmm. sometimes we assume that it's like going to a different state in the U.S. where it'll be a little bit different, but yeah, yeah, not yeah, so much. Yeah, but yeah. It, they are vastly different, the cultures, the language, the people. Yeah, and and, and very different from, from Western Europe. Uh, uh, yeah, very different. So what are your thoughts on that, you know, that cultural difference versus like very open borders where everyone can just, you know, live wherever they want and everyone spends the same currency, everyone speaks the same language? So, for example, I know in, you know, when I went to Brussels in Belgium, Mm -hmm. it was the first place I think I've ever been where it didn't feel like any country at all. It almost felt like I was in an international airport terminal where there was... Because of the European Parliament, so many people from all over. Exactly. And I think also, you know, it's the country where they are just super open, say, oh, whatever country you're from, come here, live here. Yeah. Don't bother learning, um, you know, uh, Flemish or just, you know, speak whatever language you speak. Uh, here's your area. You know, everybody, every, every, you know, just, just, just come. Yeah. <laughs> and it felt really weird. It really felt like the future. It felt like this weird dystopian future where every, it wasn't that everybody became um, like a melting pot. It really felt like a, a weird kind of a mixed salad, but not with ingredients that went together. Yeah. felt like a mixed salad with ingredients that don't go together. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good picture. Yeah. yeah. I hear that uh, Toronto is Toronto is uh, is a little bit uh, like that, uh, very very multicultural. Yeah, I think Toronto's a little bit like that as well. Um I have no problem with with immigration or multi multiculturalism because I'm you know, I'm the product of my yeah. parents immigrating from China to Taiwan to the US. Mhm. But I think the reason why it's actually a very beneficial thing is because not only do you bring in more, you know, people for the workforce, you also bring in different cultures and the the benefits of maybe that whatever that culture is, maybe the food, maybe mm-hmm. you know, all these nice things. Mm-hmm. I think the my the thing that saves it is the fact that my parents' generation, even though they probably should have integrated a little bit more, they probably should have, you know, uh, learned how to speak better English instead of only you know shopping at Chinese grocery stores, mm-hmm, only mm-hmm. speaking Chinese, only watching Chinese TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the new generation of of like Asian Americans, we all speak perfect English. We're all you know very American in our mm. more in our kind of values. You speak Chinese? I speak still speak Chinese. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I would say a lot of people actually don't anymore, which maybe is 
also a downside that you lose a little bit of the the culture that you bring. Um, but I think it's you know very important for a country to to bring in the good, but then have people leave the bad at home. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I if well the whole refugee thing that's going on all over the world and especially in Europe uh, at the moment has really brought out the worst in a lot of politicians in my home country and in a lot of other countries in Europe. And I think that's that's bad as if they're very afraid that just because it's uh, it's 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 different than it that it's it's wrong. Uh, in my opinion, of course we cannot as a country uh, I'm speaking about my home country, we cannot uh, just allow anyone and and come in and, and get the, the benefits of of uh, of, of the, the social uh, benefits of, of of living there uh, but in my opinion anyone who can support themselves should be welcome more than welcome I really enjoy having uh, different cultures around me that definitely makes sense and, and, and I also think it makes sense a lot of what you said about if someone can support themselves I think it's kind of a catch-22 because I do feel bad if somebody needs to leave their country especially if they don't want to leave their country mm-hmm. you know Um, but I don't think, I think it's one of those things where if we want to do good for other people, first, we need to to make sure we need to feed ourselves so we can feed other people. Mm. You know, I think even not even thinking about a whole country, but just think about it in, in, and as an individual, let's say I opened my home to everybody and I said, you know, you guys need the food more than I do. So please take whatever you want. And There's always going to be there's going to be good people that you know just only take their share, and then there's going to be people like oh well it's free food let me just stay forever and just mm-hmm. take all the food. But the problem is if I'm not first feeding myself, eventually I'm not going to even be able to work anymore. I'm not going to be able to have the resources to feed other people. Mm. So that's why I do think that it's one of those it's it's a difficult situation, and I think being from a country like Denmark where you're so in the kind of the center of it all and there's also this this like social stigma even against talking about it you know i think if someone had a different point of view and that that wasn't let's welcome everyone i think that people wouldn't even want to say it no yeah no and that's uh, that's also some of the things about this traveling thing uh, getting back to that that hopefully Uh, will open my eye, my own eyes, and uh, hopefully I can ex- in, in, in inspire people. When I was in Dubai, I went to a mosque. Uh, they have a, a thing called Open Doors, Open Minds every day, where where people that are visiting uh, the Emirates can come in and ask about anything uh, regarding Islam and the way of life. And that was a good thing because there's so many prejudices about uh, all the the Muslims and uh, all that and uh, and and we could really ask about anything I, i think that's really really good i, I know I, i don't think denmark has it but sweden has the swedish number have you, have you ever heard of this oh yeah 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 <laughs> where you can call in and you can just talk to a random swedish person and ask yeah. them anything about yeah. the country that is so good yeah i think that's very interesting <laughs> i think <laughs> if every country had that people would be you could just talk to a random person that wasn't a politician wasn't anyone famous just just average citizen yeah. i think it, 
the whole world would kind of understand each other more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, when I was in the Philippines, I, I went working in in the slum, help, helping building houses, and worked on a farm as a volunteer uh, for a couple of days. And uh, uh, there was a Canadian girl uh, that that said it so well. Uh, that was on this uh, this tour. Uh, she said, uh, "If more people were were traveling, there would be less conflicts." And then she said the words, "If I know you, how can I hate you?" And it's it's, it's so true, so true. If if only. If only more people, uh, new people in in each country, I think there would be less conflict. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I think by us being, you know, traveling around, seeing other places, seeing, experiencing other cultures, we see both the, the good and the bad from it. <clears throat> and even people that I don't necessarily, you know, let's say I don't I don't necessarily love them or they're you know, like maybe it's, it's just not not a person I like or maybe. I don't like uh, the way of thinking or whatever it is. If I know them in person and I don't agree with what they say, mm-hmm. I'm still not going to hate them. Mm. You know, I have lots of Facebook friends that are very extreme in either the left or the right, and I don't agree with most of what they say. But because I know them in person, I know they're a good person. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't infuriate me. I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. feel like they're attacking me, or I don't feel like I need to hate them because no. I just understand. You know what? There's Different people with different beliefs. Yeah, and uh, when I was in uh, Langkawi, Malaysia, which is uh, Muslim, I, I I spent a twelve thirteen hours with my Airbnb host, and for the first three or four hours, he was talking about uh, being a Muslim, and I, I'm an atheist. I I don't really b- believe in anything really, but he kept on going about this, and I thought, oh, why don't you stop? And then it it occurred to me. He told me that. Uh, on judgment day in his belief if he didn't make an effort to introduce me he would be doomed at least he he didn't have to convince me that it was good uh, or have me to convert to being a muslim but uh, if if he if he did make made an effort it would count something uh, and he was doing it because out of sort of a love for me or uh, being kind to me he wanted to Help me, uh, introduce me to, to this. And then the whole thing flipped uh, from, I was beginning to be annoyed that he was going on and on and on about talking about this. Then it just dawned on me, oh, he's doing it because he's being nice and, uh, and it means something. So that was, that was so strange. Yeah. I, I guess that is very interesting because Denmark is mostly atheist now. Is that correct? Yeah, mostly. It's it, it has a, a Lutheran uh, Protestant uh, church, and uh, but people rarely go to church except uh, on uh, weddings and uh, at Christmas time. Uh, it's it's very few people that go to church every Sunday. Uh, a lot of atheists. Yeah, it's a, it's a very very interesting world. I think ninety nine percent of the people that I know or I'm friends with, especially I don't know, maybe it's just the people I meet or the because people are traveling and they're just kind of just open-minded and they're not just in one place. I don't think I know anyone anymore that's really religious. Uh, I even knew, I've even met a lot of people that used to be very religious that now that they're traveling, they've, they've abandoned and now they're atheists. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, that is very interesting. So why, so I know you, you mentioned, you know, that you had the time to travel because your kids are growing up. You're um, now single again. In between wives. In between wives. <laughs> I, I, I did catch that. Do you, so you think you're going to get married again someday? No, no, I don't have any plans on doing that. No, I just like the the phrase. It is very interesting. <laughs> Most people refer to in between jobs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
so what do you hope to get out of seeing so many countries? <clears throat> Being more open-minded and uh, collecting a lot of memories. Uh, I, I like the, the idea that when I, uh, when I'm, when I die, hopefully uh, a long time from now, they're going to be looking at this old man in the box and, and, and saying, what's he grinning about? Mm. Uh, I want to collect memories and laughter lines. And, uh, uh, and hopefully that will make me just egotistical, a, a better person for, just for me, uh, and, and more open minded. And, uh, uh, I, even though I'm, uh, I passed the 50 year mark, uh, I still feel that I have a lot to learn. And, uh, when I started my first company with a couple of friends, uh, 30 years ago, uh, I, I decided that, uh, I would never see myself as fully developed as a radio person. Uh, I always want to be better. Uh, and as a person, I always want to improve as well. Uh, and it's, it's, it sort of sounds like, uh, very high thoughts but that's i think that's the general idea that i want to keep evolving as a as a radio professional and as a human being yeah that is, that is very interesting uh was it did you travel much when you were younger well i've traveled a lot uh, I've, I've only stayed in the same place but i've traveled a lot and uh and and thankfully because of my my, my radio career i i got to visit both iran iraq uh, greenland uh, uh and and spoken about radio uh so i've i've been able to to travel a lot to even foreign places uh to to speak about radio um uh, travel on other people's time that's always nice uh but it's the first time that uh i'm actually uh moving uh, and living somewhere else do you feel that being over 50 and being a digital nomad is very different than you know the the other nomads you meet or that lifestyle you meet where most people are probably in their mm-hmm. what early to mid 20s or maybe i guess maybe you know in their 20s or maybe even very very early 30s yeah i haven't i haven't i, I don't meet many uh my age i met a few here in Chiang Mai, um but uh most of them are like you say in late 20s or early 30s uh so but i don't i i've i really don't think that people see age that much uh you tell me well so it's interesting because i'm right in that middle where i'm i i feel much i i feel younger than i really i probably am right uh i think i'm i'm still very free-spirited a little bit mature so i feel i act exactly the way i did when i was in my late 20s and how old are you now i'm 35 and sometimes you know Usually, I don't know if it's because I'm Asian or uh, whatever it is, but I look younger as well, uh-huh. you know. Um, but at the same time, I'm also, I guess, I've also been doing this for so long, and I also have an established business. I also kind of feel, you know, a little bit more mature as well on that side. Mm-hmm. Um, so somebody was asking the other day, you know, about how you know how people feel about nomads that are older. So mm-hmm. uh, I think they said you know over four, you know over forty, whatever mm-hmm. it was, and. Right away, I started thinking about the nomads that I've met who are over 40. And to be honest, most of them were very uh, annoying. And I couldn't figure out why. I couldn't figure out, I'm like, is, am I just being ageist now? Am I just thinking, um, you know, like, why are they coming to the party? You know, like when, you know, like, you know, imagine you're telling having, me yeah. I shouldn't come to the party. Well, here's what I was thinking is like, if I was, you know, let's say I was having a, a like a part, like a party and then somebody, 
you know, someone's dad came in. Yeah. Would we would that add to the to the party or would that take away from it? And then I thought about it. I was like, you know what? If I'm staying at a hostel and somebody's in their fifties staying there, do I feel uncomfortable because, you know, I want to just get drunk and have fun and then somebody, you know, is there and they're, you know, let's say they're complaining about, you know, about the noise or something. Mm-hmm. And then I and I realize it really has nothing to do with the actual age. It has everything to do with the intention. Mm-hmm. Because if I met someone who's in their fifties and they have a very interesting life, that would add to my life. Mm-hmm. That would add, you know, that would add to my journey. If I met someone, you know, who, you know, just had knowledge yeah. to share, that would be a, a big benefit. Yeah, I've only stayed at one hostel, and that was in the Bratislava. Uh, and I thought, I thought for some reason, I don't, I don't like doing the whole dorm thing, uh, but. A, a, a smaller room I'm, I'm totally fine with that so I got a four bedroom uh, place and this place was so cool because of course there were a lot of young guys uh, young people there young backpackers uh, but if they totally didn't see any problems in me being 50 I talked to them about this am I too old to be at a hostel and they said no come on you're just a person yeah. like uh, the rest of us and uh, I can I can drink with the the best <laughs> yeah and I think like hanging out with you I, f- I feel like you would be very like I, I like having you as part of the scene and I think I would enjoy traveling with you I would enjoy having you in the hostel uh-huh. but then I met another man who was also probably exact your age at, at a hostel in Sofia, Bulgaria, mm-hmm. that was like a drain being there, and mm-hmm. it felt really uncomfortable having them mm-hmm. them there. Yeah. And I think the difference between you and him is that you are doing this from a very optimistic, uh, you know, lighthearted point of view, where you want to have fun, you want to have an adventure. Yeah, yeah. While he was, he couldn't afford to live at home anymore, and he couldn't afford to you know stay at a in a in a private hotel even though he wanted to yeah. so he had to stay at a hostel cuz it was cheaper and he dreaded it so he so he, he had that that bad energy there where mm-hmm. you know he would be sitting uh in the common area watching um, you know shows on YouTube but kind of hoping that everybody would shut up and yeah. not be there uh-huh, yeah. versus you would probably be like sitting on the couch with everyone sharing a story having a drink and you know yeah. And encouraging that that yeah. positive atmosphere. It's a funny funny thing about age because one of my best friends, uh, he's the youngest in the world who did uh, visit every single country in the world. His name is Henrik. He has uh, henriktravels.com. and he did it before he was twenty eight. He did, he finished uh, in April when he was still twenty seven. So he's so much more experienced at this whole travel thing that me, than me, and I'm much more experienced in life in general uh, and and business. So we are. We have this funny relationship where we mentor each other. Uh, he helped me a whole lot about visas and how which places to go to and uh, stuff like that and the whole travel thing. Uh, and I help him uh, as best I can with uh, his uh, building his business and uh, what he's trying to do now. Uh, so, so, so it's in some ways I feel like the immature <laughs> and uh, and and it, yeah. So, so age is a is a funny thing. Yeah, I, I think what we kind of take away from this is the age doesn't really matter. It's first, I guess, is the, the intent, mm-hmm. but then second is what you have to offer. What, you know, what kind of mm-hmm. value you have to give, whether yeah. that's uh, business experience or life experience, or you know, just you know, I, I guess even stories. You mm-hmm. know, even just being interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. the what is annoying, regardless of your age, is I don't care if someone is eighteen, twenty nine, or 59 if they 
ask, I don't want to say dumb questions because, you you know, there's, everybody needs to start from somewhere, right? Yeah. But yeah. nobody really likes answering very like low, low level tech questions um, that, you know, you can find the answer to online somewhere, mm. you know, you know, especially like, let's say I'm out at a social event where we're networking, meeting other cool people. If someone wants to spend 10 minutes asking me like a very, very boring, simple question, I don't really want to answer that to anybody. I don't want to, you know, I don't care what age that person is. I'm like, can you please just go home and Google it? Or let me send you a, a link on YouTube. And <laughs> send the link and then send the link google.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I feel bad though, but I, cause I honestly, I feel bad for, and I almost, I almost didn't really understand. I'm like, how can someone be 52 and then they, they want this lifestyle. So they tra start traveling and then they want to start an online business, but then they have zero tech skills because they didn't grow up with a computer. Maybe their last job didn't require much uh, computer, you know, computer experience. So for them, I wonder, should I tell them? it's too late to start or should I tell them, um, you know, maybe this isn't for you. Like what, what is your opinion on that? I don't, I don't, again, I, I don't see it as a, it comes to the person. I'm sure you can find someone uh, in, in their early thirties that have the same approach. So I don't, I don't really think it's an age. It's a thing is, I think it's more of an attitude uh, thing. And I know a, a, a lot of people my age that are, very talented in in online and uh and, and knows what they're doing and could easily do that just as good as any uh, 30 year old or 28 year old do you do you feel like there will eventually or there's a need or a, a benefit of having let's say like a i don't want to say like a different meetup but like do you think eventually as older people do start traveling more as a kind of nomad and work as a nomad do you think that will naturally become kind of a, a click where they, you know, people gravitate towards each other? Maybe even form. I almost kind of envision it as instead of calling themselves digital nomads, they might start just referring to themselves as expats more. Mm -hmm. Kind of terms that you know aren't the you know maybe it's the same thing, but it's just like a kind of a different genre. So what was the question? So the question is, I I, I think I'm, I'm I guess I'm curious. Like, if do you think this is this something that would you rather? Meet when you when you're traveling and meeting other people. Does it matter to you that you're meeting someone who's like 22 and just you know and a digital nomad, or would it be nice if you found a group of people who were also in your age range who are also doing the same thing? Yeah, that yeah that would that would be nice uh, to 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 have the same more of the same reference point. I I, I enjoy hanging out with the younger travelers as well and. And when I when I come to a party, they still do the Bruce Willis thing. Uh, Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, but uh, but but also meeting uh, me meeting people my age. Uh, I met a few here, and uh, we have the we have the same uh, reference. We both remember the Berlin Wall and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, stuff like that. But because even with me, it's, like, it's a tough yeah. question, really. So I just realized in this last few weeks that there is a whole new kind of scene of digital nomads that are under 24, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's more than 10 years younger than me. Yeah. And they, the personality and then the way that they communicate is very different. So very big on Snapchat, very big on, you know, uh, like vlogging. Snapchat. Yeah. And 
I actually invited one of them to speak at the Nomad Summit. This guy named Riley Bennett that has a YouTube channel called Live in That Life. Yeah, I and, heard I heard the podcast. Yeah. And the reason why I wanted to have him on isn't because he's killing it on FBA. How, how old is Riley? I think he I, I don't know exactly. I think I would guess 22, 23. Oh, that young. You know, maybe 24 yeah. or something. But he definitely represents that yoga crowd. Mm-hmm. So I know way more people who are making a lot more money on on Amazon FBA than he is. You know, I think they're only making, let's say, a few thousand dollars a month of profit. But for him, that is the dream because he doesn't necessarily want to spend all his time building that that up. He likes making a couple thousand dollars a month so then he can focus his time on doing adventures, uh, creating his YouTube channel, doing the, the kind of the fun, cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to have him on because I could have easily had a guy on who's making ten thousand dollars a month from, from Amazon, but would be kind of boring to talk <laughs> to talk to you because yeah, exactly. uh, it would just be another another talk on a bit of that business where you can find somewhere else. But for him, uh, I'm going to try to get him to tailor his talk more towards kind of like that lifestyle, the adventure, or why you know why he's doing it and how you know what his kind of mindset is because. I feel like I almost can't relate to somebody who is like, let's say, eighteen that we you don't know, want to start traveling, doesn't want to go to college, mm-hmm. wants to go this lifestyle. But I think it's a it's a good thing for your, for your summit that you 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 broaden it out so you you speak to to different generations and different <laughs> the young people is another generation. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. and well, even this year we have a lot more female speakers too mm-hmm. because we realize there are so many. You know, up and coming female nomads yeah. that always kind of felt a little bit lost because it seemed like such a male dominated scene. You know, the business world in general is very male dominated, mm-hmm. but now there's so many more female nomads coming up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I like it. So, as far as radio versus podcasts, I know you know you have a radio consulting company. Yeah. Uh, but you now you also have a podcast. Yeah, I, I do a, a, a radio bit for the National Public Service Radio in Denmark, uh, just a 10-minute bit uh, uh, that I do. And then I do a, a podcast about my travels uh, that I do uh, in English uh, on, on the radiovagabond.com. And uh, I, I, I try to do one or two, sometimes three uh, episodes, uh, not that long. I try to keep them below, uh, under 30, 30 minutes uh, from, from each place I, I visit and... Uh, try to uh, use my radio experience in in doing something that is different uh even though that english is not my my mother tongue uh i try to to do it in english uh, so uh yeah so people can follow so do you think that there's room for both or do you think eventually one or the other is going to take the majority share either radio or podcast I have no idea. At the moment, I just do the the, the podcast thing because it's fun uh, and I enjoy doing. It. And it's 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 kind of my scrapbook <laughs> as uh, I document uh, everything and uh, and 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 hopefully it will get to it and, and inspire people. Um, I don't make any money from from the podcast, uh, so uh, so. In fact, I spend money on hosting it and uh, uh, promoting it. So uh, so, uh, but. Still, I, I enjoy doing it, and it, it takes a lot of lot of time. I, I spend a long time producing these things. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I haven't listened to it yet, but the way you describe it, 
makes me think of like a radio lab type of yeah that's episode. that's sort of my if in, i don't want to say i'm radio lab because nobody really is uh, but that's my inspiration radio lab and this american life uh, that that kind of uh, programs uh, i try to build a montage of uh, a lot of sound and music and and, and recordings in the, in the street so uh, it's not just like like you and me right now yeah, but I do think there's a... Not a, that there's anything wrong with that. Well, I was actually going to say, I think there's a, a market for everything because yeah, exactly. I actually personally don't like This American Life or Radio Lab. Mm. I've tried to like it because everyone else likes it. And I listen to it and I, I, I can appreciate how much effort it takes to edit and, and create these shows. But the reason why I don't like it is because I feel like it's less about the actual uh, the content and more about trying to make it like a fun story and with, with effects and, you know, production try, skills, production skills, but also even just creating like artificial drama or create, you know, almost like a, t- like, oh, it's almost like a TV show mm-hmm. where and they can't just have an episode <laughs> where you just hear from the, the people. You have to have a plot twist. You have yeah. to have this. Uh, you have to have that. Yeah. But sometimes if, if I stop and think, Am I really this interesting that people would go and listen to a podcast about my travel? Uh, but <laughs> then I, if, if I, I, I try to collect stories that would hopefully entertain and uh, inspire people. That, so that's really what I'm trying to do with it. But you have this, these moments where you think, ah, am I really that interesting that people would listen? You know what? I don't know. And I don't, I don't know. I Listen am either. Please tell me to stop. No, but here's what I, I, I do think is we are definitely not interesting to everyone in the world, but there's going to be a few people mm-hmm. and yeah. be with the internet now, yeah. a few percent could be, you know, 40,000 people yeah. who are yeah. like, you're exactly the type of person that I want to hear from. Yeah. And there's always going to be, and I think like things like Radiolab are trying to appeal to everybody. They're trying yeah. to appeal to like the multi-millions, yeah. which, so there's definitely a huge market for it. Yeah. But I also think there's a huge market for people that are like, I don't give a crap if you have a storyboard, Johnny. I just want to hear from the person. I want to hear about their life. I want to hear yeah. about the travels. I want to hear how they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's entertaining along the way, yeah. perfect. But you don't need to artificially, you know, uh, storyboard it out. No, no. True. Absolutely. Uh, so, the other thing I, I kind of want to think about podcasts, I think the reason why there's always going to be a place for it, and I think for people like me that like this kind of stuff, I think we it's, we're going to kind of go towards this more, but whenever I listen to radio spots with interviews, so whether it's a radio spot, but especially like, let's say a TV spot or something, let's say there's a, someone who wrote a book, and they're going on a book tour, mm-hmm. or a radio, mm-hmm. radio book tour, whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's always the same, you know, format. It's always like, I don't know, what is it, 10 minutes or 15 minutes? A very short format. Uh, they ask the same kind of five questions. <laughs> they throw in some sound effects to make it fun. <laughs> they throw in some prescripted jokes. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine, first off, it being fun for that, the author doing that because they're just answering the same questions all the time, yeah. which is probably why they just, they just want to get it over with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can't imagine it being very beneficial to a listener who listens to more than one of those. No. Because if they listen to it from like KYZ2 versus KZ2Y, it's just probably the exact same five questions. Yeah. Versus on a podcast, they can literally just have one one hour episode and 
really dive in deep, share everything, and that can be syndicated across the world and not just on that local broadcasting station. And then if they want to go on another podcast, that topic may be completely different. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think the, the, the podcasting medium is so interesting. I, I, I think I did my first podcast in 2006 and uh, have been doing it on and off. I, I, I do a podcast uh, in my production company as well uh, where I share uh, ideas and tips about uh, radio advertising and uh, interview interesting, talented, uh, award-winning uh, producers around the world as well. And uh, uh, I think the podcasting medium is is very, very interesting and unique and I've been listening to so many podcasts for so many years that uh, it surprises me when I meet people that say, no, I never listen to podcasts. Really? It's still a huge percentage. Yeah. I think we're a very small minority that actually consumes podcasting. But I'm willing to bet anyone listening to this also listens to five other podcasts. Yeah. And you hardly ever listen to anything else. Because I feel like once people discover podcasts, they're just like, wow, this is so amazing. Yeah. Why would I do anything else? Yeah. Versus there's still 90% of people in the world who just haven't discovered it yet. And yeah. that's why I think podcasting is the future because pretty much everyone I've met who starts listening to it, they are hooked. Yeah. And on, on my, I have a iPhone 6 Plus, the, the biggest model that was at the time. And uh, it's always full and half of it is sound. And I don't have one song. I have a few audiobooks, uh, but then it's podcasting. And I consume so much podcasting. Uh, the only problem is uh, not enough time of the day because there's so much I want to listen to, uh, so much good stuff out there. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think the one thing that I think is maybe the next level even is actually audiobooks mm. because I think podcasts are great for a mixture of kind of information and entertainment. Mm-hmm. And also what's current, what's kind of fun. But I think now when I listen to someone that I really, really like, mm-hmm. I will go get their audiobook. Mm-hmm. Or I'll buy, you know, I guess if you want to read, you can get their ebook. Because then you realize, man, instead of me listening to 40 hours of their podcast where they put tips all the time. So mm-hmm. like in every episode, you'll listen, you'll get maybe three, four, five tips. If you just read their book or if you just listen to their audiobook, the whole thing is tips. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe it's not as entertaining. Maybe it's not as, you know, kind of lighthearted and fun. Uh, obviously, it's not free. Then you have to buy a book or buy a, an audiobook. Mm-hmm. But I've kind of realized that if I, if my goal is to get information from someone, I'm just going to buy their book. If my goal is to be kind of entertained, then I'll listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, uh, what are some of your favorite podcasts and, or, or, or audiobooks? Oh, audiobooks, I really, uh, well, one of my favorite, uh, favorite audiobooks, and that's also a best-selling book, uh, is, uh, is, uh, Simon Sinek's, uh, Start With Why. I really, okay. really enjoy that. Uh, and, uh, all of, uh, Seth Godin, uh, has done a lot of great marketing, uh, books that I, uh, have as, as audiobooks. And I enjoy that because both Simon Sinek and, uh, Seth Godin, they read them, themselves and uh, they don't have the perfect voice but uh, to me it's 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 very nice when the author is 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 reading it and um, uh, it's it's mostly marketing uh, and, and business books that I, I listen to I do the occasional John Grisham novel but uh, mostly it's uh, something that will uh, inspire me and make me smarter <laughs> I, I, I do like that 
Uh, right now, I'm listening to a book, an audiobook called Sapiens, uh-huh. which is the brief history of mankind. Uh-huh. And that has been fascinating to me. Uh, it's I, I need to kind of... I've read some mixed reviews on how how factual versus how opinionated it is, but I would like to think that is just factual because then it's like it it really is learning the entire history of before we were homo sapiens till now every single war every single religion every single everything uh and i'm wondering if the people who are against it is because he's just telling parts of history that people don't want to hear mm-hmm. <laughs> or if it really is um you know more opinion based than fact based so before I can kind of wholeheartedly recommend it, I want to I want to fact check it myself. But it is fascinating. Mm. Yeah. So I think that is really about it. What What are your future travel plans? So you're in Chiang Mai for a month, you said, and then where are you going to go? Yeah. Well, I I plan to do a lot of uh, Asia for the next uh, nine months or so. Uh, the next stop will be Laos, Laos, and then Vietnam, Cambodia, uh, then up to to China, uh, uh, South Korea, uh, also North Korea, uh, and uh, Japan. Uh, and then, and, and you mentioned that your daughter is going to be joining. Yeah, she 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 joined me a, a, a few weeks ago, and she's going to be traveling those countries with me for the next uh, four or five months. And then I'm going to send her home. Uh, she has to go to university, and uh, and then I'm going to keep traveling exactly where it brings me. Uh, I'm not sure. I think I'll spend spend a month or two on Bali uh, in the summer uh, before heading to to Australia in. July, August, uh, in in their winter time, uh, it should be best by so then. How old is your daughter? She's twenty. And how, so, how does that feel? Like, is it different traveling with her versus traveling solo? Yeah, it's very different. But it, 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 I'm totally enjoying it. Uh, and uh, when it's when it's your daughter, uh, you you if it was anyone else, uh, you would at some point be annoyed. But I, that doesn't happen when it's when it's your daughter, and uh, she's a good girl, and okay. uh, and and she's she's a YouTuber and uh, is is very talented in, in in producing and editing videos. So I I told her to come out here and uh, help me build my YouTube channel, uh, improve the quality a little bit, okay. and uh, I'll feed you. So so I'm curious if we had asked her that same question, how do you think she would have responded? She would have said exactly the same. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we 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 are very open about it and and saying if if at some point uh, you need your own space and I need my own space, uh, we don't have to do everything together all the time. Uh, and and there will probably be times when uh, when when she's being ah. Why am I doing this? Why am I Why am I not at home with my my family, my 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 mother and uh, the rest of the family and my friends and uh, and and we we talked about that this morning and there will come a time when this happens and we just have to be open about it and uh, take a rest and uh, not travel so much and uh, yeah. okay. So I'm curious about the logistics of it. When you're traveling together, are you staying at a hostel? Are you staying? At a hotel with two rooms, with with sharing one room, how how does that work? Well, at the moment we have uh, an apartment here in Chiang Mai, and uh, uh, it's not that big. It's it's smaller than your apartment. It's uh, basically one room and uh, a balcony and uh, uh, and and twin beds, and uh, that's that's totally fine. And we'll probably be doing a little bit of hostels and a little bit of Airbnbs uh, uh, around as we as we go along. Uh, 
uh, uh, not so much hotels. I try not to do much hotels, uh, but uh, uh, mostly apartments, I think. Okay. And while, so while you guys are traveling, let's say, you know, she's 20, she wants to go out and drink. Are you going to, do you go with her? Do you just say, I'll oh, go have fun? Or are you like the, the strict father? You're like, no, like... Well, I think I think it's 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 more her that once uh, that goes home. She she goes home before me uh, at New Year's Eve. She uh, she went back at uh, I think one thirty. I said, uh, "You go on party, Dad. <laughs> I'll, okay. I'll go home now." <laughs> so so it sounds like the the dad's the wild one then. Yeah. <laughs> and so let's say you you know you you guys are traveling and she you know meets a guy. Is is it the same as when you're back home? Or a girl? Or girl? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is uh, are you like are you like that? Like how, how would that is that an, like uncomfortable situation or how would that work? Mm, no, no, I, I do. If well, most of all, uh, she's uh, on on her YouTube channel. She has a, 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 a special channel about being asexual. So uh, so she's she's not uh, interested in 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 taking uh, girls or guys back to the uh, the apartment uh, but uh, if that was the case i'm sure that we would uh, find a situation for that and maybe get two rooms <laughs> but it sounds like you're a very open-minded dad. Uh, very yeah okay uh and you, you see you have another daughter yeah how old is she she's 22 and is she not traveling with you um at some point yeah uh but she's uh she's uh, a, a trying to get into a design school so she's uh, working hard on her uh, her project on, on on getting approved to get into that school and uh, and uh, but we were talking about at, at some point uh, she should uh, come out and travel with me for a couple of months when she has the time uh, maybe do when I'm doing the big road trip of uh, the US uh, uh, in a couple of years time she'll come out and join me there but uh, who knows that, that is very interesting uh, what advice do you have to other you know, either parents, especially let's say, uh, you know, single fathers who want to travel, uh, would you would you recommend that? Like, would you recommend this lifestyle? The pros and cons of it, and then if so, the pros and cons of taking your family with you. I w- I, I wouldn't go traveling when my uh, kids were small, uh, but that's just that's just me. I wouldn't even move to Copenhagen. I, I, when I lived in Denmark, I, I, it was a three and a half hours drive to Copenhagen and it would make so much sense for me when I started my company to do it in Copenhagen because the, all the major agencies and the major clients are there and it would improve my business to, to be in Copenhagen. But as long at that point, my, my kids were 12 and 10 and, uh, I was divorced at that point and they, they lived with me every other week, seven days with me and seven days with their mother. So, uh, as long as they, uh, lived uh, at my house. I I didn't want to be the the weekend dad, but that's that's my priorities. And some other people might have different priorities. Uh, if you're if you're a couple and want to go travel, I don't see any reason not to travel with with kids. I have very good friends who's 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 done that, and uh, the kids have been in international schools, and uh, they lived in um, five different uh, places uh, around the world, and. Uh, uh, and and the, the the kids are very multi uh, open minded and they speak a lot of languages and they have friends all over so so I, uh, absolutely if you have the the possibility to 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 work uh, with your laptop uh, really I would encourage uh, the people to to do it. Well, it sounds like even if you don't think you have that possibility, explore it because you might. Yeah. 
try to create it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, my final question is, is there a question that I should have asked you that I didn't? <laughs> no? No, I think, I think you've been pretty much around everything. Yeah. <laughs> you heard that from the radio guru approving of my interviewing <laughs> skills. I like it. I appreciate you having uh, me, well, I, I guess, you know, being on the show with me. Uh, if you want to check out uh, your site, it is the radiovagabond.com. Uh, anything else? A- anywhere that you you want people to follow you or or be in yeah, touch? Yeah, if if you go to uh, to the radiovagabond dot com, uh, there's links to my 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 Twitter, which is also the uh, what it is Radio Vagabond, and I'm on on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and all that kind of thing. So uh, so yeah, but on on the radiovagabond dot com, yeah, there's there's links to everything. Awesome. Well, it's good having you on the show. It's it's been fun uh, getting it's to been, know you. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I, uh, if you, any of you guys speak Danish, uh, I was, I had a very brief clip in, uh, what, what, what show was that? It was a, a, a radio program on national radio in, in, in Denmark about podcasting. And I was being interviewed just before I started traveling. And, uh, and she asked me, which podcast do you listen to? Because it was a podcasting show uh, that has inspired you. And as number one, I said, the Travel Like a Boss podcast. So, uh, yeah, I plugged your podcast yeah. on national radio. And that was pretty cool hearing that. <laughs> and it just kind of cut up, especially in Danish. Cause I couldn't understand it, but that was fun. Thank you for that. And uh, I wish you the best in your travels. Yeah, thank you, Johnny. All right, see you guys. Thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast. If you want to hear more, including the bonus, how to choose the perfect niche episode, join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com. See you next week. And remember, if you want to travel like a boss, you need to be your own boss. So start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of.